turn your passion into your profession with a master's degree in sports product management from the University of Oregon. As part of this program, you will learn the business of creating sports and outdoor apparel, footwear, and equipment. You'll build product in our on-site innovation lab in Portland, Oregon, or in your own home. You'll network with leaders in the sports and outdoor industry through program mentors, guest speakers, and internship opportunities with Adidas, Nike, Columbia Sportswear, Under Armour, Keen, Hydroflask, and more. And you'll gain high demand knowledge of the entire product creation lifecycle to advance your career in the sports and outdoor product industry. Now available as an immersive 18-month on-site program in Portland, Oregon, and as an innovative 21-month online program. Visit business.uoregon.edu slash SPM for more information. One more time on that site. It is business.uoregon.edu slash SPM. You lose sometimes and you don't know why. You feel ghosted and feel inferior and unimportant. You get consumed with self-doubt. You can't fix the employers. You can't make them have a better system. Control the controllables. This is the Work in Sports Podcast. Here's VP of Content and Engage Learning at WorkinSports.com, Brian Clapp. Before we get into today's really great fan question from Neil in Chicago, thank you, Neil. I want to congratulate our friends at University of Missouri-St. Louis This week, they were competing in the National Collegiate Sports Sales Championship and placed eighth in the country. Now, that's a great accomplishment, period, full stop. What's really cool is our friend, friend of the show, friend of the program, Dr. Karen Baleska, came over and started the program at UMSL just a couple of years ago. She's the director of the program, has been building it up from scratch, and to see her students so engaged, so accomplished, I mean, some of her students just did incredible at this turn at this event, at this championship, and they're energetic, exciting, they're trying to learn, and it's just really cool for us to see. They're one of our partner schools with our sports career game plan product, and uh, it's just it's just so much fun to see them celebrating their success at the National Collegiate Sports Sales Championship. So again, congratulations to the University of Missouri St. Louis and all of those students. Really, really impressive stuff. Hold on to the end of this episode, too, after the advice that we're going to get to, because I'm also going to highlight three cool new jobs that are posted on WorkInSports.com, some cool opportunities that could interest everybody in our audience, so you want to keep listening for that. Let's jump into today's question from Neil in Chicago. Neil writes in. Brian, super straightforward question this week. My job search has been really, really frustrating. I keep hearing about the opportunities that have come up due to the great resignation, but I'm not feeling that. I'm frustrated. Are others feeling this way? Please help me feel normal and regain some confidence. That's quite a challenge there, Neil, how making anybody feel normal. I am thrilled to help with this question. In this conversation, in this answer for you, Neil, I'm going to give you some perspective and some ideas that can make this process a little smoother for you. But I'm also going to try to point out some things to the employers in our audience. I know a lot of people listen that are hiring managers that are trying to learn a little bit more about what job seekers are going through. And I think that's a really important part of this conversation is to lend this knowledge to the employers and the hiring managers about why this process is so frustrating. Because I think sometimes we need to communicate better uh, in life and everywhere, but especially between, these are two groups, job seekers and employers that aren't necessarily connecting all that well. And these systems and these processes for hiring could work better. So everybody needs to listen. 
by the way, Neil, the fact that you said you want to feel more normal, I suggest going against that because I don't know that normal really is what your, your goal should be. It's just a abstract societal construct, but I get your point and I'll stop being obtuse. Well, maybe not totally stop, but at least for a little bit. Let's be honest with each other. I've been saying it for years. A job search is a lonely place. I, walk a lonely road I mean, seriously lonely. It's frustrating. It's defeating. You lose sometimes and you don't know why. You feel ghosted and feel inferior and unimportant. You get consumed with self-doubt. You put too much pressure on yourself going into an interview because you know bills are piling up and you don't know if the next chance is going to come through and what, what's going to happen next. And then you, you, you fail because you put that pressure on yourself. The whole process sucks. And I'm sorry to say it, it does. So first thing, empathy. I get it. I understand. It's not easy. So Neil, take it easy on yourself. This cascading effect of putting too much pressure on yourself or getting this frustration to grow does not serve you, does not help you. So try your best to understand that everybody else is going through this. Everybody else is feeling the same pressure. And this has been there forever. Everyone feels it. Doesn't matter whether you've been working for 20, 30 years or if you're just starting out. We all get it. But it is part of the human condition. We work to earn to grow, to expand our, expand our minds and community connections. It is important. So we got to power through this. We got to power through these moments and say, yes, it's hard. Yes, it sucks. But I can do this better and I can get through this. So there are positives at the end of the journey, but it isn't necessarily a fun trip. Everybody feeling energized by my Debbie Downer speech there to start that off? This process sucks, Neil. Thanks for coming. Uh, but in all seriousness, I'm not going to sugarcoat things and pretend that it's not E, like it's, oh, it's super easy. Here's what you do. Problem solved. No, it's hard. It's hard. It, it is lonely. It is unforgiving. And I get it. But eventually you're going to get there and you're going to feel good about it. And the journey will teach you some things. So my favorite quote in the world comes from my guy, Ernest Hemingway. I'm not a big quote person, but I do love this one. If you have a problem, set out to solve it, but don't worry. Worry solves nothing. People waste a lot of time worrying. Now, that's paraphrased a little bit. Don't at me if I didn't get it exactly right. But the spirit is there. Worrying, building this frustration does not change the story. If there's a problem, try to fix it. And that's what we're going to talk about today, solutions. So let's go into solutions mode. At last count, there are 11 million active jobs open in the you know, country, not just in the sports industry. Yay for opportunity. But... Um, the goal now is to find that needle in your haystack. You know, like what is that thing that fits you right out of those 11 million? But the, the opportunity is there is the point. And so in knowing that there's opportunity, it's not like there's no opportunity. It's not like a time where, you know, there was nowhere you could go and no hopes and no prospects and no top, you know, no, no high feeling there. Um, there are opportunities. So now it's just figuring out how to maximize this experience for you so we can make it as efficient as possible. I was reading a study this morning from greenhouse.io because that's how I bring it to the party. Anyway, greenhouse.io, a site that I did not know anything about beforehand, and I don't really know anything about since, but I was reading one of their research reports because it was interesting. They did a research report on job seeker experiences, like what people are going through right now, and they pulled 1,500 people about their job search. Now, we at iHire and Work in Sports do something very similar. We do it every year, but that comes out in the fall, and we will share information from that. And it's super important to understand what's going on. Actually, we do a lot more than 1,500 people. Just saying. Nonetheless, here's, here's some of the points that I found that were really interesting. 60% of job seekers are unimpressed 
by time-consuming recruitment processes. So we're talking process now, the actual application processes, and are demanding companies create a more modern recruiting experience. Demanding is an interesting word there because it gets to leverage. You don't demand unless you've got opportunities, right? People are looking at it and saying, there's plenty of jobs out there, so I've got leverage. And if you're not doing this the way I like it, I'm going to go somewhere else. That's what demanding means. Normally, in a lot of job markets, nobody's doing any demanding, right? You're like, I'll take it. Yes, let's go. You know, like, but the fact that we're demanding means that the leverage is on the side of the job seekers. Remember that. because That's part of this conversation. The biggest complaint is how long it takes to go through the initial application. The length of the initial application is a factor for 66% of candidates in determining whether they'll complete and submit it at all. More than 70% of job seekers said they will not submit a job application if it takes more than 15 minutes to complete. Now, I call BS a little bit on that because to me, if it's the right job and the right opportunity and the thing you really want, I mean, what's 15 minutes, really? I mean, really, you're going to be like, no, I don't want that job with the Boston Red Sox because that was 16 minutes. I mean, that's ridiculous. But nonetheless, that's what the data says, so we're going to go with it. This is huge. And this might contribute to the feelings of frustration is the fact that the mo- there has been no modernization or very little modernization of the job application process. That's a big problem with employers. Employers need to focus on fixing that problem. Matter of fact, that's something we talk about a lot as an organization. It's trying to streamline the application process and streamline the whole hiring process and the onboarding process, important parts for an employer to consider. But as is my norm, I have a suggestion because I'm all about actionable advice. I'm not just telling you stuff and then walking away from it. Like I want you to do something with this knowledge. My advice, less quantity, more quality. Okay, let me explain. If you woke up every morning and went to work in sports.com, which you should, you find 10 jobs that sound interesting and go through the application process. You're like, okay, those, wow, okay, cool. Those are two, 10 new jobs on there. Okay, I'm going to go through their processes. And let's say each one takes 15 minutes. It's a lot of time. It's a ton of work, right? I have a better idea. We have this really cool tool on our site called iScore. Good name, right? iScore. Fits with iHire, parent company of work in sports. Did I make that clear? Anyway, um, this is my personal favorite tool. I love this tool. I think it is the, a way to make your job search and your application process so much more efficient. That's what we're going for here. If you've got a problem with how long it takes, well, then rather than applying for 10 jobs you may or may not be a match for, let's make that four jobs that you're a really good match for, and then you're saving time. Okay, so here's how it works. You upload your resume into our system. And when you look at the description for a job description, for a job that interests you, our iScore technology takes the job description and your resume, compares them, sees how well you are a match, and then gives you a score for your compatibility with that job. Are you a match for it? So why is this important? couple things. If you are not a good match for this job, it will give you, iScore will give you recommendations to tweak your resume to make it a fit. Now, if you can make those adjustments to your resume because you actually have these skills, but maybe you didn't highlight them on your resume, go ahead, do it. Now you're the best possible applicant, boom, fire it out there and go after this job. But if it's a job that really interests you and you're seeing that you're only a 60% match for this or you're only a 75% match, you might say, there's things I'm missing here and it's telling me I need to learn X, Y, and Z. Well, if I want to be a good fit for these jobs moving forward, I should try to learn those. 
So it can be a reactive tool where you're reacting to the, your match score and making changes right in the moment, or it can be a proactive, like I'm doing research and understanding what's needed for the marketplace and where I need to improve myself. Now, I love that. So now you have to walk through the process if you're the hiring manager. Put yourself in the other person's shoes. In the sports industry, more than just about any other industry, you put out a job and you get a lot of applicants back. A lot of people want to work in the sports industry. But a lot of them, most of them, 75 to 80% of them, I'm told, are not necessarily qualified or interested in this particular job. They just like the idea of working in sports. So what do the hiring managers do? They use applicant tracking systems to filter out results. So they are doing the same thing as the iScore technology. They are going in and saying, here's our job description. Here's the thousand people that I've interviewed for this job. Find me the best matches and we can start there. So they cut it down to maybe a top 100 almost right away. Okay, so let's bring this all full circle. Why is this all important? Because if you don't match what is in demand or what is on that job description, you don't even get noticed. You don't even, they don't even know you exist. My point is, if you wake up in the morning, go to workinsports.com, find 10 jobs that seem interesting to you and just apply to them, spending 15 minutes on each one or whatever the time that process is, but you're not actually a good qualified match for it, that is time wasted. You would be much better off going through, finding jobs you are a good match for or you want to be a good match for and can make some tweaks to improve your I-score just that little bit more and applying for four of those that you are well-suited for, that your skills and experiences do align with. So if you're more more proactive in this process, you will save yourself time. You can't fix the employers. You can't make them have a better system. Control the controllables. What can you control? You can control your approach. You can control your research. You can control your skill set and what you learn and what you bring to the marketplace. And if you can cater that to the perfect job that fits your skill set, you will be much more efficient in this process. And if you're more efficient, you will have a reduced amount of frustration. Fix your process because you can't fix theirs. Okay, let's move along. Next thing that was complained about in this report from job seekers was that communication is really poor. Okay, employers, hiring managers, listen up. Almost 58% of candidates expect to hear back from companies in one week or less regarding their initial application. Despite these expectations, many companies are failing to keep up. More than 75% of job seekers have been ghosted after an interview, never hearing from the company again. Yeah, this happens. Not a good practice for employers. Simply put, to all the employers out there, communicate, communicate. It's not hard. Communicate with your applicants, okay? Treat every applicant as if they were someone you care about and that you want to communicate with them and you want them to have a good experience. Treat everyone as if they were the one. This attitude will come back to you. Positive results. Trust me. It will all feel good. It's more work, but communication is important in the process. As for you, job seekers, this is where you are proactive and aggressive for yourself. Okay, aggressive, maybe not the right word professionally curious and interested. How about that? Is that better? Okay. I always go back to my friend, Maylin Vu, Director of Talent Acquisition for the Cleveland Guardians. That one still trips me up. I have to think a little bit. I asked Maylin during our interview, it's an awesome interview. You should go back and listen to it if you haven't before. I asked Maylin about follow-up. 
do you want candidates to follow up with you? And she was like, hell yes. Candidates should follow up within a week, letting us know if they are still interested. And that sends an awesome signal to us and shows that they want this role. So be proactive in your communication. If you're, again, applying to four jobs that you really feel like you're a good match for, that rhythm of keeping up is easier rather than having 10 jobs a day that you're just kind of throwing out there, hoping and praying and thinking maybe something good will happen. And I'm not being exact with these numbers, four and 10 or whatever. I'm just giving an example. You don't have to uh, apply for a quantity of jobs. Be selective and apply for the right number of jobs. And then follow-up becomes a lot easier too. It's not quite as daunting. So we can sit back and complain about how employers aren't doing enough to communicate with us, or we can say, I'm going to be proactive and I'm going to lead the way and I'm going to communicate with them. That's the way you should do it. Not email. Pick up the phone. I'm going to let you on a little secret about these telephones. They're not going to dial themselves, okay? Call somebody. Talk to somebody. It's fun. Pick up the phone and start dialing. It's not that much fun. I'm lying. But seriously, you should do it because it's, it's uncomfortable. But you know what? It's your future we're talking about here. So sometimes embrace the uncomfortable stuff. All you have to do today is pick up that phone and speak the words that I have taught you. Finally, last point I want to make from this research study, which again, pretty interesting. Diversity, equity, and inclusion remains critical for job seekers of all ages when applying for a role. The large majority of candidates, 86%, considering a company's investment in DE&I during the process. Many companies, get this, are failing to create a positive and inclusive interview experience. Almost 43% of candidates have had their name mispronounced in a job interview. That stinks. That's embarrassing, right? Uh, I can't necessarily comment directly on that. I like to... I like to take the overarching theme of this and saying that if 86% of people are saying that DEI is important for them in their interview process, I'd like to do a slow golf clap. I'd like to do a, a truly love that candidates want DEI at the forefront. Thank you. This is progress. This is people using their leverage to do good, right? We talked about leverage. If job seekers have leverage right now and they're saying this is important to us, that's using your leverage to do good. And I'm proud of all of you. Now. What advice do I have here? Two pieces. Number one, listen to our interview with Dr. Chris Brown from last week. He's a senior associate athletic director for DE&I at the University of Delaware. Yes, the University of Delaware is my alma mater. That's not why we did the interview. We did the interview because Chris is awesome. Like, really awesome. Uh, one of my favorites ever. I think that actually might be our best interview to date. And if DE&I is important to you, listen and learn from Chris because he has a really great perspective. But even more importantly, you have a voice in your story. You decide what companies you want to work for. You decide where you want to go with your career. You decide what good enough means. If a company has a clunky application process that is time-consuming, redundant, and flawed, maybe that's a sign they don't focus on their culture of hiring. They don't value this process. Maybe that transcends into their day-to-day business too. If they don't communicate through the hiring process, maybe that means they won't communicate well on the job. Maybe transparency isn't there. Maybe professional development isn't there. If they don't have a commitment to DE&I, you can say, sorry, this isn't for me. Remember your power in this process. You have leverage right now to say, these are the things that are important to me. These are non-negotiables. These are the things that I want to have in my next opportunity. And I understand pressure. And I understand everybody has different levers that are being pulled to affect their mental state right now. I get it. I'm not minimizing that. 
But just remember, you don't have to accept a poorly run uh, existence or a poorly run interview process. Those are indicators. Those are red flags. If you see these things, you have the power to say, not good enough. I'm going to wait for something better. Okay, Neil, to wrap it up, everyone struggles through this process. You are not alone. And also, I hope you're not normal because I'm sure as hell not. Let's get into three cool, fresh, active jobs on workinsports.com. Number one, Chicago Bears. The Bears. The Chicago Bears are looking for a procurement specialist. Procurement. That was a tough one. I almost messed that up. The procurement specialist, I have to really think through it now, is responsible for leading strategic sourcing for related categories and developing a comprehensive set of sourcing best practices to be utilized company-wide. That sounds like not descriptive enough to me. Here's the deal. It's more than just ordering stuff, procurement, you know, buying products or whatever. They're looking for a business mind with product management experience to develop best practices for sourcing related to procurement policies, processes, systems, metrics, reporting. This is a business. This is a sports business job. And think about it. An organization like the Bears probably is using a lot of materials, probably is using a lot of different vendors. This is setting up their processes for that. Okay, next one. Phelps Media Group. This is what I love about workingsports.com. I learn about new employers every day. Like I've been in the industry for a really long time and I've never heard of Phelps Media Group, but I was excited reading this. This is really cool. They're looking for an account executive. Phelps Media Group is the leading media agency in the equestrian industry, which is funny because two weeks ago I had another equestrian job that we listed here. They're actively seeking an account executive with in-depth experience in the equestrian industry to add to our existing team. But here is the bullet points that I think are most interesting. This is an all-inclusive role. You hear account executive and a lot of times you think sales, and that's true. But they also do a lot more than that. They need account, client, management, and communication, right? So you're working directly with account uh, clients. Designing, implementing, and managing social media campaigns. Oh, all right. That's out of the sales function a little bit, but that's cool. That's creative. Pitching and writing media releases and feature stories. Okay, now we're on the content side. Oh, all right. Press releases, media relations. So this sounds like a really all-inclusive role where you get to do a lot of different things. So it's not just a sales job, but you will do that. You'll work directly with clients. You'll do PR. You'll do some social media. What a great way to start your career. So really good opportunity there. Or maybe mid-career even. I'm not saying it has to be starter career, but you could be, you know, five years into your career and this could be a good fit for you. But great way to cross-train and learn a lot of different things. Third job. Nesson, New England Sports Network. We also had a job from them recently too, but I like the media companies. It's kind of my thing. And I'm from Boston. Not sure if any of you knew that, which means I'm an obnoxious Boston sports fan. Um, but associate content producer is what they're looking for. This is how I started my career. It, we called it a production assistant, but it's the same job. Assistant content producer to join their production team. Now, Nesson, you always, a lot of times you judge organi- uh, broadcast regional sports networks based on their um their contracts, their deals, their, their, their uh, broadcast rights deals. Well, Nesson has the Bruins and it has the Red Sox. So that's pretty good coverage over there. Uh, that, that, that's, that's pretty good in uh, show programming. Okay, the role. As directed by show producers and associate producers, the assistant content producer will provide support to both studio and news productions by logging and editing videotape, writing copy when necessary, researching and archiving stories and video. Again. This is how I started my career. So all of this could be yours. <laughs> you could be in your basement doing a podcast in the future. No, in all seriousness, no. That was a great way for me to learn and grow in my career. So I love these kind of roles. And if you want to get into the broadcast media, Nesson is a great place. It really is. So check those out. 
on workinsports.com. Lots of great opportunities there. Thank you for listening, everybody. Coming up on Wednesday, Cole Morgan, the CEO of Snap Raise. This is amazing. They are doing the coolest thing in fundraising. Like, you, we all know fundraising for youth sports, especially for high school sports, for any sports program that needs to raise funds. You're selling products. You're slinging things. You're selling magazines and cookie doughs and whatever. Cole was like, no, this doesn't work. You're selling cookie dough to people that don't want it, and you're only getting a fraction of the money to your actual program. He came up with a better system, and they've raised, let me look, checking my notes, over $502 million since 2014 for their programs. Really cool. It's a product story. It's an entrepreneur story as a founder. He's a former student athlete, a college quarterback, so there's a great student athlete story in there. You got to listen to this episode on Wednesday. Thank you for listening to this one and being a part of our audience. I appreciate every single one. 